0: Wonderful wisdom, very good preaching. Uh, we were all blessed this morning. Tonight, I don't expect anything less. I'm believing breakthrough for every single one of us. Some of us were set free this morning, Amen. So let's give God praise as Pastor comes and he ministers. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to see you all again, Amen. This evening, hopefully you did what every good Christian does on Sunday: sleep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, I did, hallelujah. And eat, all right, those two things, amen. Sunday is it, amen. And uh, it's a blessing to see you all again. And uh, God is good. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We are very blessed again to be here. Real privilege for me to be with you. And uh, thank you, amen, for the invitation. Let's turn to Psalm 118 tonight in our Bibles. We're going to be in verse 6. In the word of God this morning or this evening, amen, Brian's got me all confused, hallelujah. You must be a preacher, Brian. Whenever a preacher preaches, you always say tonight in the morning and you say this morning in the night. It's just like this backwards thing sometimes, amen. There's a word that we all got really familiar with about three years ago called COVID, COVID brought a lot of changes. Can you say amen? One of the great lessons about COVID is that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right? It went from everything's normal, everything's typical, everything's what we always have been functioning in, in our typical lives, to everything changed. It's a fluid situation. Yet in the middle of that, amen, uh, and by the way, that's still true now. We don't really know what's coming this week, amen. We know we have revival planned. We know we have some things that are taking place this week that we have plans for. Uh, But just like uh, our brother Carlos told me, amen, uh, a few years ago, he's down in Honduras and they declared martial law and he got stuck there for three months. Right? So hope they don't declare martial law in Houston. I'd like to go home. Amen to the end of this yeah. week. Amen, but who knows? I might be with you for three months. You don't know. Just right. We don't know. That's the point. That's the point that COVID brought out to us. We don't really know. So I have a quote for you from Corrie Ten Boom. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's a lady from Holland that helped the Jews during the Second World War to escape. She was arrested by the Gestapo and the Nazis and put in a concentration camp in Germany. She came through that, praise God, and she traveled and ministered for many years testifying. But she had a statement. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. One fact about God that I want to hone in on tonight that encourages us no matter what comes in our lives is God makes a distinction between this world and His people. It matters that you serve God. God makes the difference for His people. We're going to look a little bit again tonight at a, a couple of chapters, this time in the Old Testament. The text is Psalm 118. But I'm going to be referring to the book of Exodus when God brought deliverance to His people out of Israel. And the little verse that's back there is Exodus 11:7. It says, The Lord does put a difference between the Egyptians, or the people of the world, and Israel, His people. That word, put a difference, means to separate To set apart, to be marked out, to make a distinction, to make a separation. So the clear truth that's there is that God makes a distinction between His people and what goes on in the world around us. And I want to encourage you about this tonight because your God is the almighty God. Your God is the God That can do all things. There is nothing impossible for your God. How many believe that tonight? And that means that he makes all the difference for you. And you can count on this truth no matter what comes tomorrow. No matter what happens. We can trust God. He's the difference maker. That's my sermon tonight. Amen. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Hallelujah. So let's think first about the mighty hand of God and how he makes these distinctions. And I want to just focus on a couple of those plagues that God brought on Egypt and how this illustrates for us how God makes a difference for his people so remember in Exodus, right? God began to pour out these plagues on Egypt. He turned all of the water into blood. He uh, uh, caused all the dust of the land to become lice. I mean, all, all these things and these plagues that he did against Egypt. Uh, and again, in your mind, have it clear in the Old Testament, Egypt is a picture of the world in which we live. Israel is always the picture of God's people in the world, but not of the world. And so uh, Exodus 8 talks about one of those plagues, um, and it says that God sent a swarm of flies. It means a fly, a cockroach, or a beetle. It says in verse 24, this is a grievous swarm of Exodus 8. The land was corrupted. It was ruined or rotted. So think about this. Here are people living their life, and God makes a pronouncement, and all of a sudden, your house is overrun with roaches. And there's flies everywhere, all in your house, and there are beetles crawling up the outside. Everywhere you go, you hear that... You know how they sound when you crunch them? They're everywhere. They're underfoot. They're in your, they're in your, uh, they're in your cups. They're in your bowls. They're, they're in your bed. They're everywhere. There's a swarm of them. The whole land is ruined. It's everywhere. And uh, this, this plague comes down on Egypt. But it's interesting because God's people lived in a place called Goshen, It's like a suburb, kind of like, what's it called here again? It's like, what? It's like, I still missed it. What? Spring Branch. Branch. It's kind of like you live in Spring Branch and all of Houston is being overrun with these flies. But the Bible says in Goshen, where God's people were, not one fly, not one roach, not one beetle. And you know how flies are, just one can dominate this whole room, I guarantee you, right? (laughs) Flies have that that innate ability. But think about this, because Israel worshipped the one true God, not even one fly, in their place in Spring Branch, so to speak, right? In Goshen, where they lived. What a powerful dimension of God. In other words, God's hand releases all these insects and yet God in control puts some invisible barrier that keeps every fly out of the platform, but it's all on, it's like there's this boundary that God puts around his people and he protects them even while judgment is being poured out on the world around. So in our application today, just think about what we face in our lives. There are overrunning issues, brother and sister, that you and I face in our lives, in the world around us. And you look at the news, you, it's like you get overwhelmed just with the headlines of how many different things are all going on, all at the same time. There can be these overrunning issues, like those flies, like that swarm, amen, yet the Lord puts a difference. The Lord separates His people. The Lord, amen, keeps us safe because, listen, you are different than the unsaved. You are different than the lost because you are a child of God. It makes all of the difference. Psalm 91, verse 3, it says, He will deliver you from the noisome pestilence or uh, from these things that begin to come upon the earth. Amen. He will deliver you from them. So just as an illustration, the plague of flies, how God made a difference for his people, and he still does that today. Exodus 9 is another plague that God pours out on Egypt. This is the plague on the livestock, all of the animals and beasts of burdens. It says there comes a grievous disease on them. So Egypt was an agricultural society. So to do all of the farming and the plowing and the harvesting and, and uh, the hauling of all of the crops and all of the goods of Egypt, they had to have livestock. It's like the trucks, if you will, the trucking industry and the beast of burden of uh, Egypt uh, was the livestock, the oxen and the cow and the, the donkeys. Uh, Amen. These were all used uh, for uh, the economy, so to speak, and the food to function, amen, and cultivate the crops and the farms uh, and produce the food for this huge nation. Yet God pours out a judgment, and that strength is absolutely short-circuited because all the oxen, all the cattle, all of the donkeys all die. God destroyed them all. So God basically short-circuited the strength of Egypt's economy. That's what happened. They can't produce everything that they were able to produce before. Meanwhile, in Goshen, in God's country, where God's people are, how many can guess? Not one animal died. Not one livestock died. Not one ox or donkey or cattle died. This is Exodus 9 and, uh, amen, verse 6. The Lord did the thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died. But of the cattle of the children of Israel, not one died. So God preserved the strength, if you will, of the economy and the food-producing ability of Israel in the middle. Their ability to plow, their ability to plant and reap was protected by God, and uh, they were still able to function. You know, the strength of the world today around us is the economy the money drivers of the world. This is what drives the world in which we live and the strength of the world in which we live. And the truth is, amen, uh, it is imploding, it is unsustainable, it is, uh, amen, function in a way uh, that cannot uh, be sustained in our nation, uh, amen, we are 30, I think it's 33 trillion dollars in debt as the government of the United States, uh, and you know what it's like to be 100 bucks in debt to a credit card company. You can't just keep making the minimum payments on that forever, right, and get out of debt. They're going to somewhere, they're going to come after you. $33 trillion, uh, amen, our economy is in debt right now. And the truth is, if ever, amen, uh, the next quarter, whatever it might be, uh, if certain things happen, the whole economy can implode That's what happened in COVID. They shut down the economy. They stopped the economy from working in our nation. And we're still actually trying to recover from that as a nation and the the job situation. But how many of you know God makes a difference for obedient tithers and obedient givers of his people, right? Malachi 3, 8 through 12. "Amen, uh, Amen, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say in what way? In tithes and offerings you are cursed, even this whole nation. So God's saying, there's an issue even in my nation. And so here in our text, uh, amen, uh, there is a breakdown of the economy of Egypt. But then God gives the answer. Verse 10, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse or the church that there may be meat in my house and test me in this says Brian, I mean, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast the fruit before the time in the field says the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed for you shall be a delightsome land. God makes a difference for faithful tithers and obedient givers to God. Amen. The world, amen, may be in trouble. The world may be cursed because they, amen, are not honoring God. They are not pleasing to God. And yet when you and I will Obey when you and I will bring all the tithes. When you and I, as God's people, will trust God by tithing, God says, I will open the windows of heaven for you, I will make the difference for you, I will help you. Hey Amen. Brian preached my whole sermon, he didn't know it, but he did. Because my second point is here's the widow of Zarephath, the one with the flour and the oil, she had enough for one last tortilla, solo uno, no más. Yeah. And the man of God says, give it to me first. How'd you like that? Your house, you have one tortilla and Pastor Renee comes and says, give it to me first. Before me. You'd be like, ay, 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 get out of here. you wouldn't be like, oh, here, Pastor. Right. You're taking food out of my baby's mouth. That's what we would think, right? That's this lady. That's the challenge. And yet she said, okay, I trust God. Here, my last tortilla. And what did God do? Three years, every single day, more flour, more oil. I think God's Mexican because they had tortillas for the next three years. Amen. Amen. We're going to have Mexican food at the marriage supper of the land. I'm just saying, amen. It's going to be chili and carne. And so anyways. But God supernaturally provided for this lady. Why? He may think about this. In that time, there's a famine in the whole land. Nobody's eating. No food is growing. Nothing's happening. But for the lady that trusted him, his, his people provision every single day. He makes the difference. So a couple of testimonies about this, and and I just want to encourage you to be fresh in your mind our brother Brian's testimony. He didn't know I was preaching this, of course. I didn't know he was testifying. But what a testimony from our brother that as he just obeyed God, right, in the middle of uncertainty the last few months, and he didn't know what was going to happen, and he's trying certain things, but it's not gelling yet. It's not materializing, yet he kept trusting God. He kept honoring God, and here God makes all the difference for him. He moved from a mobile two-bedroom apartment to probably a normal two-bedroom apartment somewhere, right? God made the difference for our brethren. I remember years ago when I uh, worked at Intel Corporation before I was a full-time pastor. And Intel is a huge company; it's about 80,000 employees worldwide. And at that time, it was the early 2000s when the whole tech sector went into a dip. And in, in Intel, 80,000 employees—they had froze the budget. Nobody was getting raises. Nobody was getting nothing. But I guess who? Guess who got a raise? In the middle of a downtime, right? Because I'm a tither. Because I'm a giver. God knew that. And God brought a raise to me and my family in the middle of a downturn and a freeze. During COVID, my church in Peoria, amen, my church is uh, hard working people. Thank God for them. They work landscape jobs. They uh, work at schools. Some of them. They uh, work uh, in some sales departments. Some of them have their own businesses of concrete uh, or of landscape or another guys like a a home liquidator kind of a guy. Home, uh, you know, renovation type furniture stuff that he sells. Uh, but during COVID, uh, it was amazing. Our landscapers they would go to uh, do one job and it would wind up being seven jobs. They would go and do a one job and the cost is about a hundred bucks. The guy, the people would give him an extra 250 bucks on top of what they just bid and what they got paid, amen. Our ladies, a number of them that worked at different schools, they weren't even working. They couldn't go, but they kept getting sent paychecks every single week, amen, because they were still employed and God was providing for them and their families. Uh, We had people getting checks in the mail uh, that would just show up at their house in the right time, and God was providing for His people, Uh, amen. Our uh, business owners, uh, that uh, the one that has that... uh, Uh, business about uh, home remodeling. That's a Filipino family from the Philippines. They came and started that business in his garage a number of years ago. They currently have a a 20,000 square foot warehouse showroom and a 40,000 square foot uh, storage warehouse. God has blessed them immensely uh, and in those months of COVID their business had record volume and record uh, amen returns and profits that came into them and God in so many different ways moved in our church. He made the difference for his people in the middle of COVID, in the middle of everything being shut down and nobody working. But our church had the best months we've had since I've been there during those months. God provided Because God, amen, is not limited by what the economy of the world is doing, amen. God makes a difference for his people in the issue of finances, even. My brother, my sister, I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter what's going to happen in the economy of the United States. It doesn't matter what decisions are made up top. Whether it honors God or not, ultimately, God is the source. God will take care of you. God will make the difference for those that are his people, Our context of Psalm 118 is absolutely true. Here again, verse 5, right before our text, I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Jump down to verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man in princes. So I want to so encourage you, amen, whatever the issue might be, whatever the circumstances in your life uh, or what we face in the years and days to come, you serve a God who makes a clear distinction for his people, that makes the difference for his saints, uh, and he marks us out, he moves for us, and he will move for us. uh, And so be encouraged uh, at the mighty hand of God that is over your life and also is sustaining Your life. I want to encourage you, brother and sister, it matters that you're saved and you keep serving God. You don't give up. Amen. Now I want to close with another thought, and that is have confidence. Listen, if God be for you, who can be against you? Talk about God that is for you. God. Right? Bunch of flies, no flies. I wish I had that in my house, actually. Right? All the animals dying, no animals dying. God did that. Remember the end. God opened the ocean. They walked across on dry land, man. Not, Not even wet sand, dry land. And then here comes the Egyptians. God takes the wheels off their chariots. And then he puts water over them. He sets his people free. He makes the difference for you, my brother, my sister. So have confidence. Back there to Exodus again. Here's Old Testament Israel. Like I said, they're they're being delivered, right? They're being set free. And I want you to think about this for a minute. 400 years of slavery was broken off of their lives. Now they're free. And what you find is they were confident because God had done these things for them. Interesting verse, Exodus 12, 35 and 36. Let me give you context. The last plague, remember, is that God killed all the firstborn of Egypt. They put the blood on the doorposts, right? The blood of the lamb. And wherever the blood of the lamb was, the death angel went over, but everybody else, their firstborn died. So this is all happening And that's the last straw. They get delivered. They're leaving. And as they're leaving, God, amen, does something to help them, amen, and their confidence. I want you to notice their confidence. Exodus 12, 35 and 36. As they're leaving, the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they went to the Egyptians and borrowed or asked or demanded jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and clothing, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they gave to them the things that they required, and the Israelites spoiled the Egyptians. I want you to think about this. If you, It would require great confidence for a slave to then ask their master for all their wealth. All right, you've been a slave, and now you go back to your master and say, Hey, can I have your gold? and your silver, and your best clothes. Yeah, go, go ahead and go to your neighbor tomorrow and see how that works. Just go on up and walk and say, can I have all your good stuff? That would be pretty confident to do that. Can you say amen? And here they are. They've been under the thumb of these people all these years, but now God's setting them free, and they're asking, amen, uh, their ex-masters for wealth, and God gave it to them. God gave them that favor, and, and so they function in a confidence. And this is the spirit of our text that I read. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. In other words, I will have confidence. I will be settled in my spirit, uh, amen, confidence and bold living, uh, and uh, God is going to enlarge me. God is going to turn this around for God's blessing. God is going to turn this around for a favor and grace upon me. Uh, and this is something to contend for in your prayer life. Uh, these verses right here, uh, as we read, Psalm 18, one, uh, uh, verse 5 and 6, I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me, and set me in a large place. God didn't just get me out of the trouble. He enlarged my place. He gave me favor, amen, in the situation. Because God, brother and sister, doesn't want to just deliver you from the trouble. He wants to give you enlargement. He wants to give you His favor. He wants to give you His blessing, His smile. So believe for that, contend for that, have a confidence in that, uh, act on God's promises uh, and rely on God as you begin to function in your life, no matter what comes, uh, no matter how it goes in the next uh, 24 hours, the next, amen, uh, couple of months, next year, we don't know what's coming. uh, But the reality is we serve a God that is known. We serve a God who has a... you know, many, many thousands of years written testimony of his favor, uh, how he makes the difference for his people, uh, how he turns it around uh, for the honoring of his name through his people. Uh, and of all of the people on the earth that God sees, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Uh, amen. Beholding the good and the evil. But as he is searching through the earth, he says he wants to show himself strong on the beh- behalf of those whose heart is complete toward him, whose heart has faith, whose heart has a confidence, whose heart says, you know what, God, I don't care how it looks. I trust you, God. I don't care how it seems. I believe in you. And he's going to show himself strong. He's going to make the difference for you. he's going to step in on your situations and circumstances. That's the God that we serve. He is the God that makes all the difference for us. Glory to God. So be encouraged tonight as you, you know, tomorrow's Monday in case you didn't know. Going back to work. Back to the grind. What do they say? You know, What are you doing today? You're working hard or hardly working? How's it going today? Same thing, different day. It can just be routine. I understand. Back to work. But as you go back to work, just know this. You serve the difference-making God. That means God can, whatever it is, He can make all the difference. He moves for His people. He enables us. He empowers us. He upholds us, uh, and we can leap over every obstacle. We can run through every troop that is against us by the power of our God. Just like He made a difference for Israel in the Old Testament, He still makes a difference for us. And so what we need in our lives is not more government help. We don't need more government programs. We don't need, uh, you know, the... Uh, to bow down to some man and lick their boots so we can have favor. Uh, we need the help of the difference-making God. We need the help of God who sets us above, not beneath. The God who makes the difference for His people and says, you will be the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. That's the God that we serve. That's the promise for you as His people. So hold your head up high, my brother, my sister. Be confident in the God that you serve. And when you go into work tomorrow... You you may not say it, but in your spirit carry it. I am a child of the King of kings. I serve the difference-making God. And I'm going to do all that I'm going to do for His glory and know that if God be for me, then who can be against me? He makes the difference for us. Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. But He said, with me, if you can believe, all things are possible. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Last little quote. When you have nothing left but God, you become aware. God is enough. God is enough. So I encourage you tonight. Amen. Be encouraged. We serve the difference-making God. Amen. One thing before we bow our heads, can we just give him praise for a moment? Amen. God, we thank you. We love you Lord la 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 so. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. hallelujah. Holy and wonderful and glorious and unlimited in your power and ability, Lord. Praises be to your name. amen. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment. amen, maybe you're here and you're not saved and. You're not one of God's people. You are an Egyptian, so to speak, uh, somebody that's not saved. You're living a life of sin, never giving your heart to Christ. Can I tell you, amen, there's a God who loves you that died, sent his only son to die for you on the cross, Jesus Christ. And he did that because he loves you. He loves your soul. He wants to redeem you from your sin and give you a brand new start. In fact, he wants to make all the difference for you. And the people in this room, we're we're not people that are, you know, celebrities or famous or super special. We're just real people who have given our hearts over to Jesus. And Jesus has stepped in and made all the difference for us. That's what happened to us. That's why we're here. And if you don't have that tonight, that can be yours. There can be an absolute God that makes the difference. That can be your God tonight. And if you don't have that, I urge you, come to Jesus. Give him your heart and life. If you're a backslider, oh, please, backslider, don't keep going in that way where you're trying to make it on your own and leaving God behind. And now you're just left with what you can do. And you know what? It doesn't work. It never works. Life doesn't work without God as your king and as your Lord. That's why it's so frustrating, backslider. And I pray that God would minister to you and help you see that and come back to him tonight. He's not looking at you with eyes of anger or hatred or, you know, gonna get a big club and wait for you to show up so he can bash you over the head. The Bible says God's married to the backslider. God loves you. God still has a plan for you, so come back to him tonight. He can make all the difference. He can restore things that have been broken and stolen and, and you've given up on things, but God can restore a backslider. He can bring you back to where you belong and Bless your life yet again, and I encourage you, come to Jesus. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If that's you, you're not saved or you're backslidden, and you need God to make a difference for you and do a miracle for you, would you lift up your hands? Say, man, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I see you there. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Just be honest tonight. This is not a join the church thing. This is a get God in your life thing. Make him the Lord of your life. Anybody else, you lift your hand. Just be honest and say, God, I need you. One, one last call. Lift your hand. God's dealing with you. God loves you. God will help you tonight. Amen. You lifted your hand. Would you look up at me, bro? Amen. Just come on, man. You know what to do. Come on up. God's going to help you, bro. What's your name? Angel? God bless you, angel. God's going to help you, okay? He has good things for you. Amen. Church, let's stand together. I want to encourage you. Come to the altar. Say, you know what, Lord, I need you to make the difference for me. Maybe there's an area you've been struggling in, an area that it's like, man, I I don't see a way through this. I don't see a way of how this is going to work. And you don't know even what to do sometimes. You know what? Trust God. Trust means I'm going to keep doing what's right. Though I may not see everything I want to see, I'm going to keep trusting God and doing what's right and I'm going to wait on God to make the difference for me. Cry out to the Lord, church, for your own personal need and request. Go ahead, my brother.